Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. It is Thursday morning, December 22nd, I believe. What can I tell you? It's an extraordinary time here in Israel. A lot of, a lot of historical things happening. You know, it's a, it's a relatively small country, not just because you could cover the whole country with your fingernail on the map, but the place is overflowing with people, and like never saw the place. Uh, I've been coming here Hanukkah for a lot of years, a lot of years. You know, most uh, not 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 all thirty years. I have my father's thirty third yard site uh, tomorrow night, but I can't say I was here thirty three years. But I was here Hanukkah right. probably twenty some odd years. Let's say twenty two to twenty five. Mm-hmm. Some I have never seen it like this. I, I have never seen it like this, and and it's just it's just it's just it's amazing. You, you see the you see the miracle of Israel. You're walking, you're walking back from the old city, and you have this tiny, tiny, narrow little corridor where there's not enough room for the people. And in addition to the people, there's buses squeezing their way through. And, <laughs> and right. somehow the buses get through, and the people get through. And you think you see somebody, and you say to yourself, oh, that person is definitely getting crushed between the bus and the wall. <laughs> but, but then you see him five seconds later, he's just walking like it's nobody's business. Everybody just goes... Goes go yeah. about their business. Came back to the hotel tonight, in the lobby of the hotel, of the chief rabbi, the chief Ashkenazi chief rabbi of of Israel, Rabbi David Lau, was in the lobby of the hotel, getting ready to light uh, the Hanukkah menorah in the um, in the Waldorf Astoria where we're staying, and uh, with him was the prime minister of uh, Argentina, Mauricio Macri. Mauricio ah. Macri. And uh, we took pictures with him too, and I sent it to you uh, uh, as well. The the point is that's not the point. The point is that you just go back to business. You're walking back uh, to your hotel, yeah. and, and you see a, a a powerful member of prime minister. Yeah, uh, <laughs> prime you see minister. A, a powerful member of the Knesset. You see the chief rabbi of Israel. You see the prime minister of Argentina, and that's just even without trying. Yeah. Listen, very soon it's going to be you're walking and you're going to see the Kohen Gadol and you're going to see people bringing lambs and different offerings to the Bismigdash, you know? You had mentioned that it is your it is the yard site of your father, right. of Zadie Gordon, Gordon, or to you was, to you was uh, Tati? Ta- Daddy. Daddy. Dad? So, so... He was an aristocratic American man. He, uh, he was born in... What does that? What does that mean? What does that mean? He 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 liked America, you know. He liked America. He liked the American way, and uh, he lived at a very important turning point in the history of the world. You know, we can't, it seems that in the in the forties, in the fifties, in the sixties, we we take a giant step from prehistoric uh, ter, ter, uh, times into modern times. I I think the sixties were the the borderline. Between when things things were the same probably prior to the '60s for maybe a few hundred years, then all of a sudden there was like these great uh, technological uh, innovations and uh, and and things just started to change. And of course, it, it took even a greater giant step uh, when you hit the '90s and social media uh, craze uh, took off. So, you know, but but I think yeah. I think uh, prior to social media doing what it what it has, I think. To my estimation, the 1960s, uh, and and that was my father's heyday. He was in the prime of his life in the 1960s. So interesting because people, you said that your father loved America, 
And nowadays, uh, people don't love America. People living in America don't love America. Immigrants don't love America. Nah, America those, gets a lot those, of flack. Those, those, those people who say who complain about America, they don't like themselves. America is great. They don't like themselves. They're unhappy with themselves. They're, they're, they're unhappy what they see when they look in the mirror. They're unhappy when they look to see how they're doing in life and what they accomplished or didn't accomplish. There's nothing wrong uh, wrong with the American way. We get the right people in the right position. Uh, like uh, you see a video I sent you of uh, <clears throat> Governor DeSantis in uh, Florida who had a Hanukkah menorah lighting ceremony and a Hanukkah party. Uh, uh, I think it was probably last night. It looks like it was the fourth candle on the menorah that was being lit. It was being lit by the kids who lost their father in the Champlain Towers collapse of the building, you know? Right. He, he, uh, if, if you'll show the video, it runs a long time. You don't have to show the whole thing. But he said that, uh, you know, uh, Florida endured a lot of uh, hardships. He just He's finishing his first term, and his first four-year term as governor. He said that Florida has endured a lot of hardships. There were hurricanes. People lost their lives in hurricanes. He says, but in the hurricanes in Florida, you expect hurricanes. You don't expect to go to sleep at night and have the building collapse on top of you that you're sleeping in. So that that is right. a, a a big uh, dichotomy uh, in uh, what uh, he has endured and experienced uh, as governor over the last four years. Listen, there's uh as we you know this is the last episode of this week, and usually towards the week's end, you know, news stories are quieter. Um, obviously, there are some things that we'll we'll speak about in this episode, such yeah. as uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's. Uh, buzzer beater and forming his government. But first I want to, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to discuss with you, um, you know, the art site that, that is ahead of us right now, okay. uh, give you the opportunity to reflect on, on the, the life of your father, uh, remembering Nissen, Nissen Gordon. Uh, you know, what can I tell you? He, he was, he came here when he was 16 years old in 19, 1934 from a town called Duckshits. And he, he always referred to himself as a Duckshits He's a, a boy from Dachshitz, and um, he had a remarkable uh, career uh, as a journalist without any formal training, just by his own brain power. And, um, and he wrote in Yiddish, right? He didn't write in English. Well, listen, if, if you know anything about European Jewry, Yiddish was the language that everyone spoke. Yiddish was the main tongue, okay? That was the main way that uh, the people in the shtetl, whether it was Poland or uh, Belarus or uh, wherever it was, uh, 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 Ukraine, people uh, spoke in Yiddish. And you know what? And if you go to Borough Park or Williamsburg today, you're still going to hear young kids. Their first language is going to be mm. Yiddish. And they'll, Some of them, it's their only language. And their, mother, their mothers will speak speaking to them in Yiddish. And, uh, yeah. you know, do they understand English? I guess a lot of them will grow up and understand English. So, you, so where, did your, where did your father learn English? Uh, I don't know. Well, he learned it by being a young man. Did he speak? Did he speak? I never heard, I never heard, no, Zadie, he, I never heard your father he speak. He did he speak a good he English? Didn't, he didn't speak, he didn't speak with an accent. He, he spoke no? like a, like a Yankee, you know? <laughs> he spoke English, I think, better than Aaron Judge. You know, he, 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 oh, yeah? he didn't speak with an accent, and they didn't have a Yiddish accent or anything like that. Um, he came here early, you know, not post Holocaust, but uh, you know, early enough because there were signs in their town that things were not going to be good for the Jews, 
and his father and his father's siblings um, uh, decided to get out, and, and they got out when they did. And you know, he went to Shira Taravadas, and um, he just had this um, he had this this talent, I guess. Uh, uh, I have a woman uh, who uh, who uh, translates his articles for me in Borough Park. She says to me that she can't get over the way he expresses himself in Yiddish in such poetic terms. And some of those Yiddish words are like like uh, gold medal words, you know. A Yiddish word can sometimes can have six words in it and just one word. Right. But, uh, that's the magic and the expressiveness of uh, of Yiddish. Now, it, it, it's um, listen. It would be nice. Uh, listen, uh, we, I, I I have a lot many of his articles um, um, translated that I've run in the Five Towns Jewish Times, and uh, I've written about him and and. One of the great things is that, uh, for me anyway, one of the most rewarding things is that when I'm back home in New York and uh, this time of year, if I'm, uh, I meet people in a store on the street, they say, oh, your father's yard site's coming up, right? <laughs> mm. So uh, so people just know, and uh, it's a tribute to him. And um, listen, we had, a great, uh, we had a great upbringing. He was a great father. We had a great father and a great mother. And we had this uh, great American upbringing uh, from, from, from two people. Great American. Yeah, we did. We had a great American upbringing, you know. We, uh, we watched the news, Walter Cronkite. We watched news on TV at night. No one hit the television in our house. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen back you know, then, I guess. We watched the S. Sullivan show together. I remember when, when the Beatles first appeared on stage in 1964. You know, it, it was... You're dating. You're dating yourself. It was. Uh, I was very young, but it was very. It was natural, normal life. You know, no one had to. No, no one tried to do any zigzagging. Nobody ran any zigzag. And nobody he, ran any zigzag patterns. And he and he passed away, um, at fairly young age. Yeah, he was like a few days short of the seventy-second birthday, and like I said, it was thirty-three years ago, and uh, it was a surprise to us. It was a shock to us. He really wasn't. Wasn't sick, and um, and uh, it uh, it changed our lives. Changed my mother's life. She lived for another twenty seven years uh, without him, and uh, it changed uh, a lot of things in in our lives. But um, you know, we know that uh, our, our faith is strong, and we know that he's watching over us, and he's in a powerful position in the highest levels of uh, of what we believe in, in the highest heavens. And um, we're very connected to him, and we still feel very connected that he's very connected to us. And one of the things I there's a picture, there's a picture from Crown Heights of you know at the Levi of of Zaidi, uh, and this is many years after the Rebbe stopped going out for Levias, but the Rebbe came out for for Zaidi for Nissen Gordon's Levaya. Why do you think that is? Well, listen, that was the talk of Chabad in those days. The Rebbe was uh, a few years. Uh, much older than him, I guess. It was in 1980, the Rebbe passed away at the age of, I think, 92 in 1994. So this was 15 years earlier. So he was about. Rebbe was born. The Rebbe was born in 1902. Right. So anyway, he he stopped coming out to Levias, but um, the people that speculate about these things said that uh, he had a great amount of Akharasatov to uh, Nissen Gordon because of the fact. Uh, how he represented Chabad in in the media, in the in the Jewish media, uh, 
which is the way, as I said, I think yesterday, which is the way people communicated. Uh, don't forget that we didn't have social media to clutter up our brains. We had to either sit down and, uh, you know, read a book or uh, read a newspaper to know what's going on, you know. Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, a woman from Borough Park called me. You know, she said that she uh, was re read an article that I wrote about my father. And she said, I just want you to know, and my parent, I was the only child growing up in my parents' house, and my, my parents are gone already. But I want you to know that my mother and father would argue about politics all week long. <laughs> and the end of the argument usually was my father saying, "We'll wait till the end of the week. We'll see what this and Gordon says, and then that'll be that. That'll decide <laughs> the that'll decide the argument." That's funny. That's really funny. Um, I, do you think that the things that are you're involved in now in media? Was that sort of infused in you? Um, were you in awe of of what your father was doing, and you said, "I oh, I want to get into the same line of work." Well, I think uh, I, th I think uh, I think it, I think it's infused in you, uh, actually. <laughs> where where yeah. did you get it from? From uh, from TJ Maxx. Max? Uh, what's the return? What's the return <laughs> policy there? <laughs> I don't think I can return it Seven anymore. Days cash back. Uh, listen, of course, it made an impression. I was. Um, Listen, there's two types of people. There's people that see what their father does and they say, I'm never going to do that. And there are people who end up doing it, you know, whether they like it or not. So uh, you didn't hate, I guess, what your father was you know, doing. I wanted to do, want do what he did, but I wanted to do it a little differently. I wanted to, I wanted to merge, uh, you know, uh, contemporary journalism, uh, the spoken word, the written word with concepts that benefit the uh, Jewish community and, and the state of Israel. So that's what he did, right. but he did that in Yiddish. And in Yiddish, he was speaking to, you know, uh, a certain segment of the population. I, w I wanted to expand that. And I started by doing that in, in electronic media back in 1977, you know, uh, with, with radio programs. And, you know, it was one of the first times where you had a daily radio program uh, where you could actually, you don't know who's listening, but you actually discuss contemporary issues from a, 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 a Torah uh, perspective. And, and here we are again. Look what, look what we're doing yeah, again. It's, uh, it, it's full circle. You know, they say, oh, my life's a circle. Yeah. You know, sometimes your life's just a circle from sunrise to sunset. Let me ask you, what were, what were some things that uh, Zadie was passionate about, things that he stood for? Um, could be he wrote about it. Could be in, in in home behind closed doors. He was very things that you know got him fired up. What would that be? You know, first of all, it's a it's a very good thing that you never mentioned to me before you do any of these programs what you want to talk about. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe you just maybe you just uh, maybe you just <laughs> maybe you just like the spontaneity. I don't know, but um, yeah. Listen, he 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 loved Israel and he loved the Jewish people. And uh, he uh, used his ability and his talent to um, to communicate that. And you, you know, I, I think I, I mentioned it in the past. Simcha's um, uh, Torah, for example, uh, when we, we get the new, we get the time delivered to the house every day, and uh, he was very excited by to see if there's a story anywhere in the Times that talked about Russian Jews. If Russian Jews came out to on Simcha's Torah to be at the the shul in Moscow, that meant that the the flame of 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 Jewish life, the flame of of 
possible potential uh, a Jewish way of life in in communist uh, religious vacuum was still burning, was was still alive in, in some in some way. And I vividly can, can recall him scouring through the newspaper until he found a couple of lines, just a couple of paragraphs, mm. a small story from the New York Times reporter in Moscow saying that a hundred Jews came out to the Moscow synagogue on Simplest Torah night and they danced with a Sefer Torah and that defied the, uh, the, the authorities in the, in the Soviet Union at the time. But that, 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 gave, him, that gave him a tremendous amount of uh, energy and, 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 and exuberance about, about hope for the future. And, uh, you know, and, and look what happened. And, you know, and, and he was a man with a vision for the future as illustrated by the uh, piece in Mishpacha about uh, his uh, visit with uh, Rabban Kutler back in 1961. Um, I'm not going to tell you that he foresaw the future, but he... he... What, would, uh, what would your father think about the world today? What would he say about the world today the way it is? Well, I don't know about today. Even back then, he was telling me that it's a crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a different kind of crazy today. I don't think it's less crazy <laughs> than it was, you know. Maybe there's. A, I think it's more crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what are you judging by? You you don't uh, you, you don't know what it was like. Uh, you know, it was I a don't. different. It was a no. different background. Uh, we have. I think we have a different um, a different level of pain today than we used to have. Uh, some of the things that are, are. Well, I think we're more we're more exposed now. You know, nowadays to pain all over the world um whereas back in the day if something happened across the globe you wouldn't really find out about it now we find out about things instantly as they happen you know take Mayron for example if the Mayron accident happened in the 50s you probably wouldn't hear about it for at least a few days maybe or not the 50s the 40s the 30s if it happened back then you wouldn't hear about it right away you wouldn't see images or videos of it you know and it, it would be it would be very sad but i think the you know how exposed we are definitely make things it makes things a little more painful. And on the flip side, it make it can make things more exciting and enjoyable when it's other things. You know, videos of of Ravitcher Meyer Morgenstern and videos of Gedalim. Also, you know, so it it's uh it's uh it's, listen, no, Nachi, the pros uh, and the cons. Uh, Holocaust happened in the late '30s and in the '40s, and uh, didn't make it into the newspapers. Okay. And right. um, that was an intentional thing. And the New York Times, is a great, which was the paper of record at the time, as it still claims to be today, although less so. And, um, and you know, President Roosevelt at the time, he had an opportunity. The American Jewish leaders begged him to uh, use, Air Force, use the American Air Force to bomb the railways, taking trains into Auschwitz. Where people were being killed and 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 incinerated, and he and he didn't do that either. And uh, he could have done it. He could have bombed the railways and disrupted the Nazi killing machine, but he didn't do it. Yes. What, what are we supposed to conclude as a result of that? Uh, uh, the book's been written about it. Uh, Roosevelt looked the other way while the Germans were having their way with the Jews. Uh, the New York Times thought it wasn't uh, an important enough story to report on. It may have been able to put some pressure on some of the uh, Eastern European leaders that were uh, involved in systematic extermination of, uh, of six million Jews. There's a lot to there's a lot to answer for. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Um, 
But yeah, listen, the art side is the art side is this weekend, right? The, you know, what's the? I'm I'm curious, what's the last, the, the last memory, or or rather, I want to ask you, uh, 33 years is a long time. Uh, I'm 27, so having lost someone 33 years ago, a parent, do you still? You remember what that person looks like in real life? Do you remember uh, things that they said? Are they are they alive to you? Well, um, although it's been such a long time, I, I think I've written in the paper. I, I think I put it into words that one of the things that I could say conclusively, having endured the last thirty three years, Baruch Hashem, I could tell you that uh, the time moves on, but the distance between a child and a parent doesn't uh, doesn't broaden. It doesn't widen. You're as close today as uh, you were close uh, last time you saw them and the last time you spoke to them. Do you remember the last time that you, the last time you spoke to your father? Yeah, I do. What was, what was the conversation about? Well, listen, it was a very brief conversation. You know, uh, uh, it's hard for me to talk about. Was it was it before he had he had heart, had the heart attack or was it no, after? It was, the, it was the night that he passed away. So he was uh, he was lucid. He was no, conscious. He was, he was conscious. He didn't, didn't 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 have that kind of illness. He had a he had a slight heart attack a few weeks earlier. It, it was so slight that they even thought maybe it's not a heart attack. They thought uh, they thought it might have been indigestion or something, you know. But then. <laughs> and they went to the hospital. And they took you know certain uh, certain blood tests, and um, that's it. I'm curious. I'm curious if there was a, a you know a message of uh, uh, like a going forward message. I don't know. I think that first of all, there's not many people I could ask this question to that I that I would feel comfortable asking this question to. You know, what was the last conversation you had with somebody? I do want to say that for all those that are that are listening. Um, I want to implore them to donate to the the Eisenberg family fund. Yeah, Eisenberg. Uh, they lost their yeah. mother. They lost their mother, uh, Rachel Eisenberg, pretty you know pretty suddenly after a, a fight with a brief illness. Uh, there's sixty Simon aged uh, sixteen to thirty one. They really really need the help. They really you know um, could use the finances now. As I mentioned yesterday, the father who had suffered a stroke a, a bunch of years ago and it. To, debilitated him in a way where it's hard for him to earn a Parnassa. So if you can go ahead, hit the link in the description, the show notes of this episode, and please show the Eisenberg, Eisenberg family um, some support. Uh, so my father's dress site is tomorrow night, uh, Friday and Shabbos. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he lit Chalak candles that year, 1989. And he, um, he lit, he lit the sixth Chalak candle. And, um, then I believe, uh, he went to sleep and, um, Got up briefly in the morning and then just passed out. My mother told me, and then he wasn't there anymore. But uh, so I knew that he had a heart attack and he was going to have surgery after January first. This was December twenty eighth, and um, and the doctors I'm not, not blaming doctors, but they said, you know, Mr. Gordon, you're better off having the surgery after New Year's because the staff is very thin during the holiday season. Right. So have it, uh, he, didn't, so he, have, he said, have it on January 4th. Anyway, he, he uh, didn't make it uh, that far. Uh, you know, he needed bypass surgery. He had, you know, uh, what you will call it, clogged arteries or whatever they call it today. I don't know. I don't know what it is. 
wasn't he wasn't a very very heavy guy, but he he wasn't a, wasn't yeah. a big exit wasn't a didn't didn't go to workout you know <laughs> he didn't go right. to workout he went to work not to workout today a lot of guys are going to workout you know but he was an old he was yeah instead he of was work. an old fashioned guy he just went to work anyway I my mother answered the phone the night that he passed away and he was fine you know we were talking about having surgery in a couple of weeks and. Um, and you did not, yeah, you you weren't, you didn't go there in person because you did well, not think that was going to no, be the end. No, I was there Sunday night. I think I was there Sunday night, and this was Wednesday night. And um, and my mother said, um, "Do you want to?" She asked him if she if he wants to speak to me. He said, "No, just tell him that I love him." Was that out of character? Was that out of out of the norm? I don't know. And that was the last. That was the last thing. That's a that's a really good last thing to hear. At least it wasn't like you know what, like uh, do me a favor don't and, call me, sir. <laughs> and don't call me, don't call <laughs> me so often. No, it it <laughs> it, uh, it rings in my ears every um, every day for all these years. That's really special. Special. That's very nice. I don't. I didn't know your. I didn't. I didn't know Zadie because he passed away obviously before I was born. Um, I have a feeling that maybe those who were maybe that was a little out of character of him to be as expressive like that. So maybe that made it even ever more so meaningful. Were you were you at all no you know, thrown off? Uh, no, by I that? don't think I don't think he was afraid to say it. I think he said it often. It's not that what's that kind of guy. But uh, the fact that what what made it so special was it was the last thing that I heard him say. And then and then uh, in the when in the morning when you woke up. That's when you found out. No, my mother called me. You want you want those details? My mother called me about four o'clock in the morning that she can't wake my father up. I got into my car to drive from Flatbush, where we lived at the time, to Granites. And it was snowing outside, light snow, and uh, I remember stopping at the corner of Ocean Avenue and Church Avenue, and it was ten to four in the morning, I think, and there was a McDonald's there, and people were standing outside McDonald's at ten to four in the morning. Uh, you know, uh, I thought that was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> the things you remember. Yeah, I thought that was very weird. And I got to the house in Crown Heights and goes up. Saw the ambulance outside and um, the EMS ambulance. And, um, you know, I went inside and the local doctor was there who also had a member. And, uh, and, and, and that was it. An hour or two later, they signed a death certificate. And that afternoon, I was uh, on the way to Eretz Yisrael with my brother Benjamin. And thirty-three years later, there you are right now. Here we are. You uh, already. Here we are. You paid a visit to the caver when you landed, and I'm sure you'll you're going to visit again before you leave. Um, and, uh, and, next week. And, and that's why we're here. And 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 that's why we're here. And that was his reason for uh, insisting, even though his parents are buried in Queens, and his his brother and his uh, sister. Uh, are buried in Queens near the Kever, near the Ohel, near the Lubavitcher Rebbe. But um, like I said in the very beginning, he loved Israel so much that that was important to him. But this was more important to him to be in Eretz Yisrael. Amazing. Well, the neshama of Nissan Ben Rabbi Yechonon should have an aliyah. If all of our listeners can make a lachaim, do a mitzvah. Something nice. Yes. Should be it. Should be it. A... In the old city of Jerusalem on Shabbos morning. They start at 10 o'clock. Well, I spoke to the guy by there today. He said they start Chabad time, 10 o'clock. 
but you can come 1030. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, well, thank you. Thank you for, for all the, for the, thank you for the vulnerability and thank you everyone uh, who listened to this episode. We'll be back. We'll be back at you with more content next week. Of course, make sure to subscribe to the daily thread on WhatsApp. Uh, you can message that number. You can hit the link in the description, in the show notes of this episode, and it'll take you directly to that number. Or you can email us at the daily thread at meaningfulminute.org. We appreciate you. And, uh, thank you. Any, any parting words? Uh, just, just, just thank you. Thank you for, uh, for what you do. And uh, the fact of the matter is, um, you're the youngest of six kids. My father was, my father mm-hmm. was a redhead and, um, and he had freckles on his arms <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you, you were born on his birthday. I was, I was, we have the same birthday. You're right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You thought you were making. Uh, you thought you had choice. What? To, what you want to do? Right. <laughs> no. You can run, but you can't right. hide. All right. Thank you, Matthew. All right. Thank you, everybody, for Have listening. A good night. Happy Hanukkah. Good night.